Hi, welcome back to another episode of Dear Therapist on the Autism Everyday Podcast. We are your hosts, Geeta and Swati. So today we are sharing problems that people write in to us with, anonymously of course. So without further ado, let's get started. Dear Therapist, My child has autism. He has this weird habit of flicking his fingers in front of his eyes. I've told him time and again not to do this and I even push his hand down. But the minute I turn away, he is at it again. Besides, he makes some sounds now and then. Both of these behaviors draw a lot of attention when we're in a public place. In fact, the other day, somebody came up to me and said, what's wrong with your child? That was so difficult to digest. Can you help me with this? Oh, and P.S. I forgot. He can get very aggressive at times when I refuse to give him what he wants. Or even if I take some time to give him what he wants. He sometimes hits me. He pinches me. He's even tried to bite me. Signed, Anonymous. Dear Anonymous, thank you for writing in to us. It must be very hard when some of your child's behaviors draw negative attention from others in a public place. I'm sure you're angry sometimes and understandably so. It is so difficult to digest. After all, to a stranger, your child's autism is clearly not visible. And that is a challenge with the condition itself. The child is not physically disabled, does not look any different. In fact, they look just fine. And more often than not, People may see the child as just being, you know, a brat, spoiled, stubborn. Now, here's the deal. Autism has signs and symptoms that may or may not include hand flapping, finger flicking, making repetitive sounds, sometimes repetitive movements and odd body posturing. Some of these signs are more evident and visible and some are not. For example, we don't often notice that many children with autism, you know, may not be moving their hands in coordination with their legs while walking, like a lot of us do. But that doesn't stick out as different and not many people notice it. Because for one, it doesn't impact the child and certainly doesn't seem to impact anybody else. Well, while behaviors like finger flicking and making noises, unfortunately, stick out and that it is visible and audible to anybody who chooses to look in your direction makes it all the more harder. It takes a lot of courage to be able to ignore the reaction of others to the child's behaviors. It takes even more courage to accept your child's autism for what it is and to be able to do the things that you do normally in your life with the child accompanying you. You can either be defensive of his mannerisms Or you can go all the way out and correct everything in order to make him look just like other children. And both of these are probably extreme views. So let's go back to the question. Mom has added a question by the way as an afterthought about aggression in the child. Now, I would think that is a behavior that calls for attention. We wouldn't worry so much about the finger flicking as much as we'd want to change the aggression and his ability to accept delays and refusals. So how do we prioritize behavior management and skill building? 
How do you ensure that we are targeting behaviors of concern instead of behaviors that we'd simply like changed? And this perception is often guided by social expectations and pressure. So even if no one comments on the child and his behaviors, there is this innate discomfort that the parent feels. This results in behaviors that are very visible being targeted over the ones that are way more dangerous to the child or to the people around him. Yeah. And there's also the mistaken notion that, you know, behaviors like finger flicking, hand flapping and humming or talking can easily be controlled by just saying, no, don't do that. Or look, you know, that uncle is going to laugh at you and then they'll all, you know, they'll all say shame, shame or sometimes by... Yeah. yeah, like, or that auntie's looking auntie's at you. Like, we've heard that yeah, so, many, so times. many times, right? Or sometimes we're just raising your voice. Yeah. Right? And the raised voice, I think, is something people generally use at home. Mm-hmm. Whereas in public spaces, you are definitely in a more vulnerable zone. And you end up modifying the way you deal with that behavior in a public space. You certainly don't raise your voice, but you may be using, trying to, you know, in a more subtle way trying to get the child to stop doing what he's trying to do. True. Um, Here the mother listed hand flapping and making sounds as disturbing. And incidentally, she spoke about aggression. It's also hard for a parent to accept that their child engages in aggressive behaviors. Let's call this experiential avoidance. And maybe the hope that it will pass with time or that as my child grows older, he's going to forget about this behavior. To some, it may feel like failing on their part. And sometimes there is a feeling of helplessness. And of course, like we said earlier, it could be the social pressure of wanting the child to look like other typically developing kids. Beyond all of this, it's more important for the mom to look at what is critical for her child. In public spaces, finger flicking and noise making might seem important, but aggression is larger and way more harmful. Aggression can get in the way of your child's ability to access reinforcers in the form of social interaction, being able to sit in an educational setting, um, being restricted from family members and just being being a part of a family and doing things that, you know, people in a family regularly like do. do. Yeah. yeah. And this can result in a lot of stress for everyone when faced with a situation where their child cannot have what he wants for whatever reason. Yeah, the minute they have to refuse something to the child, then, you know, there's a stress building up. Oh, no, I have to say no and... He's going to aggress, he's going to react and so on. Exactly. So our advice to you, mom, is this. You are going to have to start working on your child tolerating slight delays when he asks for something. And on better pairing, learning finer ways to get him to part with things that he really likes. While blocking the hitting, the pinching and the biting. The details on how to do that is something that we will address with you directly since we need more data. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot out there, right? Mm -hmm. So, this takes me back to wondering why some behaviors are not mentioned in the first place by parents and also sometimes by teachers. True. Right? This is something that happens over and over again. I remember a consultation about 10 years back when the mother listed all her concerns. 
I mean, the child would not eat on his own. Uh, he, she was unable to toilet train him. Um, he was very restless, wouldn't sit in a place, um, did not have enough language, so on and so forth. And as she was leaving the room after an hour of discussion, she reached the door and then paused and said, Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, he refuses to wear clothes and will pull off his clothes no matter where he is. And, you know, we, we promptly called her right back and said, I think we need to talk again. And this is what we should have spoken about for the last one hour. <laughs> right? Agreed. And more recently, a dad was talking of the challenges of getting his son to cooperate for a dental checkup. Um, and, you know, how the child throws vessels because he enjoys hearing the noise that the vessels make and so on. Yeah, I remember this because um, at the end of that phone call, I mean, he's a wonderful dad, right? And obviously he had a lot of challenges. But what was interesting is that he mentioned the dental checkup first and the vessels, right? Yeah, yeah. But what he forgot to mention and he brought up at the end is... Yeah, Yeah, that the son pulls mom's hair so hard when you know there there is refusal when she refuses to give him what he wants that they kind of find it really hard to release his grip and so they hit him and they have to hit him really really hard in order to get him to release her hair that is really disturbing right and that is distressing and the fact that the family is going through that but i don't know in a way probably normalizing it by not talking about it but talking about what may seem to us as smaller challenges and not the real big one. Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah. So yeah, if, if this sounds familiar to you, then please remember that the child's behavior, your child's behavior is not a reflection of your parenting. It's not a reflection of your teaching skills at all. Clearly, there is a need to work on behaviors that can hurt the child and others around him, behaviors that can do destruction to property, or behaviors that prevent the child and the family from doing things that they want to do. So something to keep in mind while selecting behaviors that need to be changed. Always look at, does this behavior need to be changed? And is this causing harm to my child and yeah, people around him. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So on that note, we are at the end of this episode. Do send in your questions to dear therapist at wechallengeautism at gmail.com. Take care.